Welcome to the Philosophy of Time podcast. My name is Sean Power. I'm a philosopher whose interests are in the philosophy of time and its relationship to almost everything else, especially experience, our, our, our knowledge of the world, and how we exist in it. But obviously that's everything, pretty much, that at least concerns us. I hope you enjoy it. Happy holidays or Merry Christmas, depending on where you are. And I guess if you don't celebrate this holiday, then I wish you just a generally peaceful few days, as, ever, as a lot of other people do celebrate this time. Um, I mean, I'm sure you know that it's a holiday time for a large portion of the world, um, and probably for a big part of the world that's fairly dominant in its influence on everyone else. And that means that the assumption that, that this matters, that this time is a special time for people, um, can, can be made a little bit to anybody listening to this. But I still want to be open to the possibility that you don't think it's significant, that you're not Christian, or you're not having to work with Christians, or you're not having to work with people brought up in a Christian background or tradition. I am celebrating Christmas like I always do, back at my family home, and I'm walking through, like I always inevitably end up, a part of my hometown that's alongside the beach, and it's miserable and dark and raining and cold, and it never really feels like it's earned Christmas unless I'm just a little bit damp for a little bit of part of the day. I know there's other parts of the world where people are having barbecues on a beach, or people are, I guess, celebrating by just having really lovely times in woodlands and mountains, and there's a place where there's snow, maybe people go for skiing. But in Ireland, but more specifically where I grew up, the part of the Christmas celebration is to go wandering around a little bit of a coastline, being rained on and not so heavily that you're completely soaked and unable to function for the rest of the day but you know wet enough to be like Ugh. so you're coming home the assumption that that this is a holiday that everyone knows about is not a very dramatic one to make but it's interesting that it's it's an assumption that you know isn't necessary like, it's not something that um, I'm assuming it because it must be true. It's just that it's, I'm pretty confident that if you're listening to this and you understand English, so you are, and you're understanding what I'm saying, then you're, you're understanding um, what this, what's happening today in this period of time. And I think there's a lot of assumptions about the sort of the way everybody thinks that can be divided into two types. One type is this kind of assumption about something that you might call contingent, meaning that it doesn't have to be true that there's such a thing as Christmas Day. The fact is, there wasn't one several thousand years ago. And even the idea that people would celebrate the darkest part of their year in the Northern Hemisphere by having a huge slap-up and a big fire and doing nothing, essentially doing the equivalent of, as on the darkest day, becoming very, very still and just waiting in the company of those you love. I mean, <laughs> it's almost like the kind of thing that you read about when people talk about the end of the world or about final moments of life. 
You want to be around people who care for you. You want to be around some people who care for you. There is a film called, starring, um, starring Danny Houston, called called Ivan's Ecstasy. Hold on a second, I'm just going to climb over a couple of slippery wet rocks. I may end up, it may end up being the, the last moment I talk as I brain myself. I was obviously exaggerating the sounds I would make just crying when I'm super healthy, of course. Anyway, so I'm now walking through a preserved area that we have walked through for decades, for, for my entire life. And uh, there's lots of animals and rabbits, and during the late summer, early autumn, there's lots and lots of daylight time moths that fly, that crowd all the yellow flowers called cinnabar moths. So, Danny Houston's film, Life in Ecstasy, is about a man who has cancer. He works as a kind of an agent for A-level celebrities, and in the last few days of his life, he has to deal with them and everything else and the politics of his family and everything else and he's found out and he's only got a few days to live and he walks around engaging with all the people he usually does and hiding the fact that he's dying and it's only at the very end when he engages with a nurse who's there with him that he gets a brief moment of someone caring for him it's a horrible story and um, I mean it's a really really sad story and powerful and really depressing and you might think it has nothing to do with Christmas but why I'm bringing it up here is the idea that that when you're most vulnerable, you want to be surrounded by people who will love you. And uh, who will love you just for who you are. I recently got married and part of the vow that we made to each other was sickness and health. And it's very hard to think about that. When you think about your future and think about things you can do something about and think about things you can live through, you want them to be full of all the good things. And you want all the bad things to be relegated to the past. This is, a, by the way, for what it's worth, this is called temporal bias. If you just need a technical philosophical term or psychological term. And in my book, my 2021 book, I discuss whether or not it's a rational attitude to have or whether or not you should be what's called temporally neutral. That is, believing every moment in your life is equally as valuable and meaningful regardless of the time it occurs. More importantly, when it actually occurs in your life, it's still significant. So the great pain you suffer as a child is as significant as a great pain you suffer as an adult or as an older person. And it doesn't matter which part, stage of your life you're at when you, when you engage with this, that rationally you should care equally about all of them. So this is also a bit of a bird sanctuary, although it's fine to walk through this area. And there's loads of flocks of little birds everywhere. Different kinds of finches and wagtails and crows, corvids, if you want crows. And rabbits. Rabbits aren't birds, but they're here too. So, Christmas is a significant time. It's a it's a a moment of I think the term is kairos, and I'm taking that moment that moment that term was given to me recently by an artist called Ivan, and uh, I only met her once, but um, she's a very interesting artist talking about time and things like that, and she. Uh, you know, she, one of her more recent films, talks about or looks at the a moment, contemplates the idea of the, the significant or the perfect moment for doing something. And the thing about that is that it's very personal. Many parts of your own life that can be very personal and very particular. 
And when you think about the perfect moment, that's all very well and good. But another part of um, your interaction with your life and people in your life is that you still often have to make promises saying, even when it isn't the best moment, even when it isn't the best time, you're going to be there for them. And so when things are terrible, you will do your utmost. When things are terrible for you or for them, you're there for them. And that's kind of the, the sickness and health thing. And it might seem like something that we don't want to think about, especially when we think about the people we love. I think about Christmas. It's supposed to be a happy time where we celebrate. But I think, more importantly, it should be a loving time, which means that whether or not it's a happy time, because some people don't experience these things as happy, it should be a time when the possibility of being loved or being shown it is there. And that's the promises people make when they get married, right? I mean, I mean, never mind the people getting married for other reasons, practical reasons, or even historically, or even generally. In terms of when you look at the, the things you say to each other, the spirit of it is supposed to be that. You are promising to stick with each other no matter what. And you can't help but think about the, the bad scenarios where that gets tested. And it seems like you might think, well, why would you bring that up? But that's because it's bad parts of your promise. That's where it gets tested. If you promise it, that's where it matters. You don't need to make a promise if it's going to be all happy. I promise to stay with you when things are good. There's no need for a promise there. You're going to stay with them anyway because things are good. Um, This Christmas, I'm back at my family and everybody's quite well, actually. Um, separated I'm not separated in a bad way just my wife is with her family we are it's our first Christmas married but she's gone one way and going the other because of our own traditions and because of the pandemic and because of vulnerable people we care about especially her and people she wants to be around and so we're going to do that and we're going to meet up and continue our Christmas together but this assumption this feeling of Christmas being this special day like a lot of religious ceremonies it kind of needs it kind of works best if it's treated as absolute or ultimate as if everybody has it the idea that only my family for example are having this special day the ceremony are only people from a particular religious background doesn't really work not because it's not because it wouldn't make a difference it would make a difference to how we carry out our rituals or ceremonies in our case the cooking of Christmas dinner trading of exchange of presents but just because we need to a lot of the we need to have a sense that the world is responding to this time it's responding to the fact that it's Christmas day you know a lot of songs think about it's not Christmas day but I think you two capture it with the song New Year's Day when their videos are out in the middle of nowhere in the snow and they're singing all is quiet on New Year's Day the idea is that Christmas day and New Year's Day are these days of silence and so people try their best to do that. Um, although in my family, at least, there's at least a few arguments of some sort. But anyway, silence and, and taking yourself out of the socially imposed rituals of, the, of life. A brief moment where you are separate. But when you, when you step out with people you love, what are you actually doing? You know, like, what are, what are you looking for? Why do you have this? Now, there's two answers to this. One answer could be very, very philosophical, metaphysical, ritualistic, profound, theological. And I could explore that answer, 
try to say something profound philosophically about this. But another answer that we have to deal with straight away is just tradition. It's what we've always done. I come home because I always came home. I do this thing because I've always done it. And I'll continue to do it. And that is enough as an answer. And although that's often criticised and taken as being complacency and and unreflective and just going with the motions and going with the f- going with how it is there is a significant element to it when it comes to things like this just like there is with the promise you make to say you'll stay with someone forever because in in going here because this is what you've always done it's a sense that at least this is immune to transformation in terms of life this is a permanent moment in time that I return to over and over again. And its significance is that that is something that happens. Every year, there is a day where I step out of the flow of life and I get to just be, and again, be with people I love and people I care about. Now, in my case, I'm, one person is missing from this, who's my wife. Um, and one person for her is missing in her day of this ritual, which is me. And so this is slightly strained, a slight sense of distance to it. But still, it has its significance, and, and we'll probably have to adjust to that. This is what transformation does. But still, the day itself is what we're trying to adjust to. We're trying to do the thing you're supposed to do on this day. Be with the ones you love, and remove yourself from the life that's being lived. What's interesting, I think, here is that there are, of course, for this to actually work... There has to be people who don't do that because whether we like it or not, human society continues to work. And some of those people that do, who, who do it, that have to do it, or do it, and have to step outside, um, do it for similar reasons, hopefully. So the idea that, that the person who does it, who works on this day, does it because they can get a quick buck over everyone else, um, isn't the spirit of Christmas at all. <laughs> um, but other people who might be there just because you forgot the butter, right? Are you, are you're sick and you need a nurse or a doctor? So there will be doctors and nurses working today. There will be emergency services working today. There will be, um, you know, shopkeepers working today and petrol station attendants working today. And every single one of those people is doing this because they need money, I assume. They should be paid more money for it. But also, they're doing something because we need that still in our society. Years ago, I used to work at a call center for a massive financial firm. And I was doing tech support. And people wrote it without reflection. Like, I started a new job in November. And I was just wrote it into the schedule of the person who left that I replaced. And they just put me down for Christmas Eve, for New Year's Eve, for New Year's Day. Started me at 6 o'clock in the morning. And they were like, well, you started this job, you have to do that. They just didn't care. And it was one of the reasons why I just thought, oh, yeah, I don't want to work in this environment anymore. Because to me, it matters, these rituals and things like that. But, but they really sincerely believed they needed to provide it. 24 hours, 365 days support for a couple of stockbrokers to check their stocks. <laughs> uh, to me, that's completely irrelevant. Like, I don't care what edge they gain from this. Nobody benefits from it on a, on a social level. Um, a few small, um, I suppose, dead-eyed people 
Uh, I'm totally judging them. Uh, get a one-up on their enemies, and they live a world of enemies, I guess. You know, real miserable, grim way of existing. And it's expressed by the, the will of this company um, is, uh, is, is in line with that way of thinking and feeling. So it's not a Christmas spirit at all. Now, I didn't work on Christmas Day, but some people did. It's interesting also that a lot of the people do work on Christmas Day and Christmas Eve and, and these ritualistic times uh, are younger. Also, a lot of people who work on a day like this on Christmas Day are often younger. Now, not children, but they're often teenagers and, and people in their early 20s. And one thing about people at that age is a lot of them Again, this is a kind of a general painting. It's not true of everybody. But a lot of them are not interested in keeping things going. And as they were. And they're also not interested. They're not affected that badly by the sense of tradition. For several reasons. First of all, they don't have the childlike need, expectation for this permanent sort of star in the sky. Um, these moments in time are not like a north star. And the, child, the childlike self looks to see it and has that. They're willing to explore the possibility that the star that the north star will set I mean that can't happen in the northern hemisphere or, and it's equivalent in the southern hemisphere but you know they're willing to explore that possibility um, because they're, they, they're in a situation in their life where they have the most adult life ahead of them so they're the most power of choice ahead of them in a way that people in their 40s don't because they have a lot of their life left not as much of their life left like me and myself in the late 40s in my case and people and children don't have because they don't have that responsibility or power so the idea that you would hire someone like that I can imagine that you wouldn't be struggling so much oh I'll work on Christmas day sure for a few hours you know other people will see this as much more significant. They'll realise that their lives, because of responsibilities, because of their connections to society, because of the sense that they are keeping society going, rather than stepping into society, beginning to step into society and begin to shape it and alter it, they want a break from society. For Now again, this is, is generalisations. You know, not everybody's like this, but if you're 20, you're more likely to be someone who who wants to break, like who's, who's, who doesn't say, I need to keep what's happening going. And that could be all kinds of psychological reasons. It could be false consciousness, false thinking, because you think that, uh, you still have your childhood thought that it's eternal, it's outside of you and outside of your control, and it's fine. And then, and you have to push against it actually to, to get rid of it, rather than it would simply disappear if you just didn't do anything. You don't have to keep it going. It is itself going. You know, this, the Christmas will always happen forever even if you do nothing about it when you're younger i suppose you also think that you can ignore it you don't see the value in, in participating in such a such a constant there's no there's no need to, for you to participate to keep it going so you know you'll work on christmas day or if you're an asshole like some stockbrokers i guess or some companies that are just mainly about money and power the ones that are most focusing on money and power are possibly far more insecure than you think. And the traditions like this aren't. The religious traditions, the social traditions that are so powerful, they aren't so insecure and so we can afford to step out because we're part of them. This idea that there's this moment of time that is 
significant because it's significant, because it's always been significant, and you can expect it to be significant, and you expect to step into it and have that significance be felt, can actually be very, very difficult for people who don't... Can, I think, be very difficult for people who don't have access to that significance, either because they're not children or they are children who don't get the magical presence. A psychological trick to it that can make life very difficult for people who, for various reasons, can't participate. Either because you're not part of that religious, you know, it's a religious thing and, you can, and it's dominant in your society and you cannot participate in it, or it's because uh, your actual, the actual rules, as it were, the expectations and the sentiment around it, you cannot share in. And Christmas can be particularly difficult for this because, like, there can be ceremonies like, let's say, Easter, where the the ritualistic aspect, the moment in time, is supposed to be a time of mourning, but it's also when you're separated from, you know, it's when you're supposed to participate in this period of mourning. But if you don't participate in the period of mourning, then you actually, I mean, in, in terms of Good Friday, for example, then you actually... It means you're happy, right? So it's like a logical thing. You're just simply, in a good way, just because you don't participate in this tradition, in this moment in time, you don't step into it. You don't take part. But at Christmas, you're supposed to be happy. If you're happy at Christmas, then you're automatically belonging. But if you're not, you tend to get driven even further into horrible despair. And I think, I think, if I understand the data right, Christmas is one of the most intensely bad places for people who are not in a happy place or not in a good place in their lives also it can be very difficult to do with 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 situations where the way they celebrate christmas is in the company of people who on paper as it were are their you know the people they love and the people that love them but in, in actual practice it isn't the case at all um they're in abusive relationships they're unloved they're they're you know, look, we can describe so many of these. And in those situations, I take at Christmas, it can be extremely difficult. And I know this isn't particularly surprising, but one of the questions is, how should you respond to this? Again, I've already talked about the idea that a 20-something can go, well, I'm going to go out and I'm going to go work and I'm going to... Or they can, also, they can push back because it's part of their, their own sense, their own sense of development. It's in fact, another kind of moment in time um, that's part of... But it's to do with the developmental moment in time. So they can say, well, I'm going to go out and rebel in some way. I'm gonna, it doesn't matter to me. But as you get older, if you have these difficulties going, there is this question about how you should, you should live. How you should feel, you know, you talk about how you should feel, certainly, but, but how you should live, too. Like how you should be when you are in these ritualistic moments and not connecting, not feeling it, not able to participate in the ceremonies the things demanded in making this moment in time exist because that's what we need because the thing is I've just gone for a walk around my area and there's no one around and it's kind of nice because my hometown's very busy as a tourist destination these days there's no one around there's a few cars a few people running and but I'm also aware that there's a uniqueness to this experience that, that feels Christmassy but it's actually it's actually not so much Christmassy and not even a special loving moment out of time for human beings. It's actually much more like the end of the world because there's no one around. There's nobody here and all there are all the other non-humans who are great and everything else because I like birds, but they're not part of us. They aren't. They don't know it's Christmas. 
to I mean they don't know it's Christmas there's a there's a seagull on the beach wondering if this bit of seaweed is actually worth picking at if there's a bug under it it's not going on Christmas day is there a bug under this piece of seaweed and I'm getting to spend time with that seaweed that seagull rather than other people when I go for a walk I think if you are in that state then what you can do you don't have to go back to your work which is unless you find meaning in your work but if that's not available to you if you're not a stockbroker then I would recommend you go out and find the non-human things I recommend you step out into the world where this ritual is not observed and on Christmas day you can especially have that you can go out onto the street of course meet up with other people like you if you want of course they'll be there too and that's good too if you have them but if you don't have them I recommend you go out into into nature into whatever nature is for you if you're in an urban environment it can be you know it can be where because what you're seeing there are all the things and they are, ma- are all the things that are not about this Christmas or this ritual holiday and they're making a promise to you as well they're making a promise and it's a much much deeper and unnecessary promise actually so it's not even a promise it's just a guarantee and what their guarantee is you needn't that this ritual that you're part of doesn't have to keep going if you don't want to participate in it. And there's other things in the world besides the people who do. Merry Christmas.